podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Mark Jarden. All right. Craig Devine. Hello. And Sam Smith. Hello. And Ross isn't here, but Mark has the latest on Ross. Where is he at? Uh, uh, he's actually got his third interview down at Capolo. Um, Gus wants to bring him in his kit man, so... I'm sure Best I'm wishes, sure. Ross. You've got all of our, <laughs> all of our thoughts. I'm sure that'll go down a, a treat down in Capolo. Anyway, so we're going to go win the Scottish Cup. Uh, we may as well talk about the first match on the way to that. Uh, who wants to come in first? Yeah. <coughs> uh, I'll go first. Uh, oh, sorry, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, uh, uh, I think the only downside to the day was having to pay 12 quid to watch it because my IPTV was humped. But nah, in all seriousness, it was just <laughs> one of the first times in a while that I've actually kind of sat back and been really chuffed at the performance. There wasn't really many many things that went wrong. The standard I go for the first two for Dennis and McGrath were top notch. You know, I think that. Dennis's goal seems to be kind of getting a lot of the plaudits but McGrath's touch for the first one just the wee death flicker of the goalie's head was magic we just looked in complete control contrary to what Brian Rice said you know I'd, obviously he kind of hinted that they dominated the game but it wasn't really true I think they had a bit of the ball never really done it with it we never looked in any doubt at any point and it was just good to get three goals and kind of give a team a doing for a change instead of just kind of scraping mm-hmm. by one nil or two one and holding on towards the end, but uh, it was just good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Spot on. Hi, I thought uh, pretty much the same. We bossed it for the majority. So I don't know what Brian Rice was on about there, but yeah, kind of Kevin Keegan moment a wee bit. Um, I McGrath's goal. This, what can you say? But it was audacious. They had no right to kind of hit it for there, and I think with the way the defenders were closing in, that's the only way he could have scored for that position. But um, I quite like the kind of the run across that Abika did to actually kind of help pull the defenders out of place. So I think they were a wee bit all over and didn't really know what they were meant to be doing. But um, I actually think Abika was involved in every goal, wasn't he? Because the second one as well, it was his pass that set Dennis up. Mm-hmm. Uh, done quite well, kind of making a wee bit of space for himself. And then obviously with the, the, the third one as well, kind of winning the penalty after totally pitching a dolphin off the ball. Um, if that had been a penalty, it would have been a free kick just outside the box anyway. By the way, kind of the dolphin just let him get away from him. But um, no, I'm with you. Brilliant performance. Um, quite happy with that. It's just a shame we couldn't do that two weeks ago. But are we even going to go there? Nah, I, <laughs> I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Sam. Where my IPTV wasn't working, but I refused to pay the twelve pound because the last time that happened I paid whatever money it was to watch the St. Johnson game and then the IPTV started at half time so I was I was like I'll do this and then I ended up having to listen to open all mics and I watched the highlights so <laughs> I, I paid the 12 quid but I was in the exact same position means was not I paid the 12 quid and this was two weeks after the, the last Hamilton stream was probably the worst of the season so um, I actually held up apart from having to listen to the, the Hamilton commentary yeah I, I heard that was atrocious but I'm glad I missed it did you actually see the goals? I have, I've watched the highlights, I have seen the goals. So. Did you see the goals, Craig, or did it not buffer? Do you know the... something? Uh, for the first time ever, I saw all of the goals. It didn't buffer right before we <laughs> hit it. It was that. It was the, I think it was the Dundee United game. It paused right as McGrath's leg went back to hit the penalty. But no, I saw all even this time. <laughs> well, you can say what you want, and I know what I want to say, but it's not even going to get printed. So listen, right, I'm going to say it. We're fucking Hamilton, right? <laughs> We're fucking Hamilton. And it never happens as a penalty. We had 90% of possession. Should have had three penalties. Fucking Hamilton. Get fucked, Brian. Utter shite. Utter shite. That, that's my highlight of the season so far. Sorry. I <laughs> proper lost the plot type stuff, wasn't it? Absolutely. I knew that was full turned the wins against us. Just so, so absolutely you lost guys it. You, you guys will need to tell me what penalty decision he was talking about because it was that much of a stonewall penalty that didn't make the highlight reel. So. It was utter shite. It was Dermis just being a bit clumsy on the edge of the box, I think. But it wasn't like he, I mean, to my memory, it wasn't like he led with an elbow or had a hand on his shirt or 
clipped his heels. It was literally just the two of them went up for a ball. It was kind of bouncing it in the box. And I think Dermis had his head, his leg kind of round the back to try and reach it. But that, that was all there was to it. I, I didn't see anything more than that. And the, the Hamilton commentary seemingly only talked about that for about 10 minutes after. And then as soon as it got back to the guys at half time to, to McAvenny and the, the referee mm-hmm. that presents it, they just went, oh, it wasn't a penalty. And they, they moved on. Like, there was nothing. I, I don't think there was anything in it at all. I can't believe he's lost the heat. But I can understand, like, should maybe think you maybe had a shout of a penalty and you didn't get it. And then our penalty was maybe on the softer side. But you can you can get to fuck with all the mm. nonsense about dominating the game. They had two really good chances, or three really good chances, and didn't score them. And we had two half chances that players with a bit of confidence put away. Get it up, you. Yeah. Like, that's... That's that's what it is. That's why we are almost getting into the top six, and that's why Hamilton are a cockroach waiting to be stamped on. It's just natural order. Will this meltdown be the sign that the the, the cockroach will be stamped? Aye, but so. I genuinely, I, I thought he lost the rag, and I kind of imagined that he would maybe chuck it. But it's just, it was just weird because, like, for the times, like I was at the Q and A when the both when he was there with Stubbs and with Kearney and he like, came across like a really nice calm guy like he is a, yeah. I, mean, I think by all accounts like he is a kind of likeable guy but he just kind of turned into a bit of a dick for that it's, I mean it's not really our fault that referees aren't giving them penalties and the main point of being able to get penalties is you need to get in the opposition's fucking box which Hamilton don't really tend to do even against teams like us so yeah. nah, and it also, just kinda, it was some of the yeah, the, the, the weird Hamilton argument kind of dies on its arse when you're talking about a game against someone like mm. with all of their moans and I, I don't think it is a conspiracy theory to to think that the old firm for example get decisions and their decisions get talked about more than smaller teams playing against them but I'm sorry you were playing against us <laughs> like there's no greater there's no unseen buddy hand at play here there's like there's not, nothing going on there's not well placed Paisleyites in the corridors of power. There can't be a conspiracy against St Mirren getting all these decisions, Hamilton not, when there's clearly a conspiracy against St Mirren and the anti St Mirren SFA. Exactly. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> exactly. It's, but, no, it's not their fault that they kind of put away chances. They had plenty of what you said. Moyo's header over think, the bar was shocking. That was Erwin esque. If you mm-hmm. if you lose the game one 0 and it's because of those kind of decisions, okay, fair enough. But when you've lost the game three 0 there, there isn't really much no. really to complain about, is there? Nah, not at all. So. Did it, the Hamilton at no point really looked as it apart from maybe the Moyo chance, and I think there was a save when it was already two 0 that Anik made kind of from a header. Low down he's left. Apart from that, Hamilton really never friend. And even at that, like that one that Annex saved is a half chance. It's just a flick that's kind of went through. No, Moyo could have scored and it could have been a completely different game. But if your aunt and boys should be your uncle, so <laughs> fuck off, Brian. <laughs> Couldn't put it better myself. We'll, we'll talk about the first goal because um, that McGrath goal needs to be talked about like for the next 10 years. Like that, that was just just showing his absolute class and it's good when saying that he should be in contention for the like a call up to the Republic of Ireland I mean they're losing games to Luxembourg so I, I can't see why not <laughs> I don't see how he's oh, sorry Kegon you go I was going to say they carry have many midfielders that have scored what 13 goals this season puts away every single penalty that comes to him scores audacious lobs to the edge of the box but I like you say, if they're going to lose to did they lose to Luxembourg or did yeah. they draw? Aye, one no. Well, no. Well, why are you saying we're getting a call up then? Mm-hmm. Aye, aspire it's... to a better level of player, you know your your Shane Duffy's that kind of <laughs> that kind of quality of internationalist. It's, it's weird though that he's maybe not been considered because they've called up players like from the League Island. I think Jack Byrne that was at Kilmarnock that's now at Shamrock seems to kind of make most squads and. Kind of no offence to the standard of the league in Ireland, you know, it's probably harder to compete against teams like Aberdeen rather than Finn Harps, etc. Mm-hmm. In a league like that, I don't, it would be a good thing for us if he's still, if he was to sign another contract and uh, he gets put into the Ireland squad, it just adds another zero on the end of mm-hmm. what we should be asking for him. But uh, 
nah, the, the goal was just top notch. I think even the, the initial ball in for Dermis looked as if it was maybe a wee bit over hit. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first touch just to take it in the way he did, and then just take the matter a second, kind of half a second, just look up, see the keeper off. Nah, no chance saying I'm doing else in the pitches trying that. It's just the form he's been in all season and will hopefully make continue into next year for us. Mm-hmm. I know the, the ball in wasn't perfect, but our left winger, a couple of step overs. Sending sending someone off to to the pie stall and then getting across and just you don't see it often enough. So but even regardless of the finish, that was that was a joy to watch. There was just so much I thought that came together for us at the weekend that in the games, you know, since you know since maybe the turn of the year or since December where we started being a bit more confident and having a bit more possession in games. I think this is the kind of performance that we've been waiting to to see where you know the kind of sharper passing begins to come off and Erehon must have played a good two or three proper killer balls through the through the Hamilton defence that made them look really flat and you know on a, on a different day it could have definitely led to this stuff happening. I, I thought Abika was as busy as he's been for for a long time. He's he's wee shimmy to get a bit of space to get the ball over to Dennis for for his goal. I mean it seems a bit silly to claim an assist when someone wraps one into the top bin from Mm-hmm. 25 yards but Abika created that space and and knew who he was giving the ball to I, I think mm-hmm. that's an Abika that uh, I, know, I know we're going to talk about contracts and stuff but that's an Abika that I think everyone would like to see in, in, mm-hmm. in the team or about the team because I think he, he does offer a lot but I, I think it was just it was a, a lot of a lot of players who've maybe been a bit quieter in recent months or, or maybe have been trying things and, the, and things haven't come off and, and suddenly Erohan looks like a guy that can't pick a pass and all that kind of stuff. This just felt like the performance were all all tipped. Mm-hmm. Everyone everyone put in a good shift and, and we had a bit of flair to us. We had a bit of a bit of swagger, which I think there was every right for us to have maybe a, a month or, or two months ago and seemed to have taken a bit of a dip against all against all better judgment and, and I think this was us kind of pushing back a bit and it could easily have gone the other way. Having missed out on top six, you could easily have seen heads go down, and it does become very stuffy. Whereas it, it looks, at least from from the evidence of, of one performance, like you know the the players have appreciated what what almost come off for them and how well the results have been for the majority of the season, and kind of stepped out with that kind of air of we are we are the better team here, we are superior squad, superior technique. We should be going out and kind of dicking about with them and making them look like the the team that they are and and, it, and that's what it was I, you know long may it continue well you, you mentioned Christian Dennis's goal there and we'll, we'll talk about that now uh, it really was absolutely fantastic and I think we're all in agreement that a, a fit Christian Dennis would have saw us to the top six like that is a player we were missing in that kind of run that we had um, and I, I really just hope that this is his injury problems behind him because I, I can't wait to see him next season alongside a fit Eamon Brophy as well like we're going to have some strike force Aye I, I, I hope he's not injury prone and to be honest I've kind of been back and I had a look on Saturday night and I kind of looked to see if it's kind of been an issue that he's had in his whole career and most seasons he's played you know sort of between 25-35 games so it doesn't really look as if injuries are this like a recurring problem you know playing at least you know 25-30 games down in England where they can suddenly play two games a week for a strikers you know as good a return you're probably going to get and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully he can kind of put it behind you know he's still got a good chance to in the last like five games in the league we've got left and whatever remaining cup games we're playing he's still got a good chance to add to his tally and uh, if he's playing against like teams like Hamilton, then he's got a really good chance to kind of add a few and build his confidence going up into next season. But uh, his goal was just a real touch of class, and obviously the passing for Obika. But you know, Obika did kind of hit the ball in pretty hard, and Dennis's first touch just to knock the guy completely off his stride, and mm. he just looked up. And as soon as the ball left his foot, there's only one place it was gone. There was no chance of goal. He was getting near it, and it was just a. You look, you've seen how happy everybody was. You know, you watch it back. You, can I hear all the shouts for other players everybody kind of dives right on top of him straight away so he's almost like a guy that players like him in the squad as well you know it makes their job easier if, if Marcus Fraser can put the ball into you know Doyle Hayes and Erehon and they can look up and they've got a guy like that up front that can do that with the ball and it gives everybody a wee bit of a boost mm-hmm. I mean he done more in about two minutes than what Erwin done in 50-60 odd so 
it's just good to finally see him back in the pitch. No, he seems really happy here. It's good to see a guy like that, especially. I think there was an interview that came out from the other day before the game, and he just seems like really, really pleased to be there. So it's good to see. But no, it's, it's such a good goal. I think if he's put that anywhere else, it's either over the bar or keep her saving it. It's just like pinpoint him. But um, brilliant. Mm-hmm. And uh, the then the penalty. Um, I've watched the penalty back a couple of times after. Brian Rice outburst and saying it was soft and Hamilton fans saying it's soft. We've had a lot of soft penalties this season. That is not anywhere, and that's not even in the top five. Like, the, the way, they, like, yeah, Obika's got shot off, but the keeper swiped him with these two, two trailing legs. Keeper swiped him. The ball was still in play. And if you watch the uh, keeper, the, the referee's hand got to his mouth, the angle behind the goal that he's, he's going to blow before the ball's even out of play at all. It's a penalty. Um, even taking that debate aside, the shot and defending by Odolphin means that they they deserve to concede a penalty anyway when Obika's taking a touch to take it past those two players. And Obika's not exactly the fastest guy in the pitch, is he? No. But Odolphin's been so slow to react to that. It looks if he's running through with some in. He's just kept running in a straight line. Um, but no... Because done well enough to try and get a shot off, and the keepers just kind of swiped him out. So, nah, penalty for me. Yeah, you see them not yeah, given, but I, I don't know where that kind of that, that kind of feeling comes from. That the ball you know to play means it's not a penalty. That's no the rule was in what. Yeah, like if uh, even, like we, we've already kind of spoke on something similar to this with the penalty we got with um, was that against Hamilton as well? When did we get that penalty? Um. um with uh, it was Dermis taking the shot and then he just get absolutely taken out. Who was that against? Yeah, it was against Hamilton. It was against Hamilton. I, I'm, I'm not losing my mind. Yeah, um, the, the one that went over the bar. Mm-hmm. The games against Hamilton just fucking blend in each other. <laughs> because it was that such a disappointing end result, I've kind of blanked it out of my head. But mm-hmm. hey, that that is the game we were talking about. But um, we'll we'll have a wee look. We've got our first game of the bottom six is against Motherwell. Um, Motherwell still are on a shaky peg, from I believe from where they've at. They've not. They've still. They've probably been the worst team I've seen at St. Mon Park, even though we drew 0 with them. We just like we weren't that great either. But we were on the run of like that was like towards the back end of the long stretch of games, and we looked shattered. And like any other team that was had anything about them, probably would have would have punished us. But they really looked like there was nothing about them. So I'm hoping that we can continue their misery and. Um, if we've got a fit Christian Dennis, like start him. Aye, I'm, I'm yeah. the same as you. I, I don't. There's no point wasting time with Erwin up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I, I do it, kind of, I'm probably the biggest sort of happy clapper. I do try and defend players to the point where like it's probably kind of beyond reason. I mean, I still defended fucking Kyle Hutton at points, but <laughs> wait, I know that's bold <laughs> and probably worth getting banned off the podcast. But nah, I, I think with Erwin, I just don't. If teams are looking at playing Erwin, they must be chuffed when they see him playing up front. He contributes nothing again on Saturday. I felt as if Obika was doing the work at all. He looked as if he was probably doing a bit too much and I thought he was going to end up knackered. And he got the kind of wee bit of respite that Dennis would have done a bit of the work. But uh, Motherwell are pretty shite. And I think if we were to go with Dennis against their defence, which seems to kind of be leading daft goals in in league games, we should be fine, but uh, it's just, it depends how much everybody's up for trying to finish seventh in the league. I know there's obviously the massive disappointment for no finishing the top six this season to get yourself up for a cup game than what people could see as a meaningless league game. But if you can try and, you know, maybe get three wins, there's no chance in the United or catching us, I'm afraid. No, I think yeah, Jim will have that built into the players. It's it's no acceptable to start letting the standards slip and finish what was the lowest we can finish, maybe tenth this season. Mm-hmm. I think I don't even I don't even think we can. I don't think we can finish tenth. I think if with the teams like taking points off each other and that it would need to be like a kind of weird swing of games. No, I'm you, but I fairly expect to see Evan Starkman's are then Dennis on the bench. Aye. Yeah. I think um, I think County and Hamilton are comfortably the two, you know, quote unquote worst teams in the division. And then you get Kelly and Motherwell who 
are playing so far below themselves mm-hmm. and, and have done all season. Although and Kyle Lafferty Kelly, is, came on to some yeah, game for them. It, exactly. So that, as you can say, like, Tommy Wright appears to be an upgrade on on Alex Dyer and they've brought in someone um, in, in Kyle Lafferty who, you know, love him or loathe him. He's, he's a talented footballer and, and he can be that spark sometimes. It's, you know, there's probably just as many times where bringing someone in like that doesn't work for you, like, like the parts. Um, but he seems to have hit the ground running and that could make a real difference. I don't think Motherwell have upgraded from Stephen Robinson and bringing in Graham Alexander and I don't see a signing in there that's that's going to have the same kind of resurgent presence that Kyle Lafferty's having for Kelly. So I think this is absolutely a game that we need to be targeting as we are the better side. We are the form side, we're the confident side. We've got a better manager who I would hope is going to outthink a kind of dour like Graham Alexander Who's who I, I think since he get, um, had his interview but he had a moan at Goodwin uh, for claiming for decisions has been sent off from the dugout for uh, moaning about decisions yeah such an uninspiring um, manager isn't he a beardy uh, helmet signed a good he signed a top class centre back though Sam Foley who's played a lot of games since he went there so played, played, played in the, the Scottish Cup did you know and then uh, probably centre back I think we'd be top six if we'd kept Foley and stuck him in there instead of instead of that mm-hmm. foul prone captain of ours. Oh, don't even start me. I'm not. We're not going down that <laughs> route. Uh. <laughs> but I just I think this is a game that similar to, to when you line up against Hamilton, Motherwell this season and in, in previous seasons, I, I think I would always have had a you know a kind of note of caution against playing against a, a Motherwell. But we we need to we need to be the the kind of forward foot confident side and in this one and, and kind of lay down a bit of a marker that we are the the top of the of the six sides we're now we're now lumped in with mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think a bad hunting ground for us recently as well has it no mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's not u- usually an enjoyable way day so it's usually an entertaining match um, I think we may have stumbled into maybe one of Jim Goodwin's tactics that if we start the air and we maybe lull the def- Motherwell defenders into a false sense of security where they let their guards down, and then when they're when they're really like this guy's pish, we sub him on for uh, Christian Dennis, who then go they, they they give him that amount of space that they were given Erwin, and then top corner, masterclass. Although Erwin uh, Erwin um, took the absolute juggernaut of Beavis McGabby's foot in the shin. Well, that, for is that true. penalty yeah, last time, so which yeah. is I would say is Erwin's greatest contribution this season. So. Lane, lane his life on the line to get a penalty for yeah. us is yeah that and the goal against Celtic which so you never know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't moan against, against Erwin being selected at what is a happy hunting ground <laughs> um, yeah um, would you take see see worst comes to worst and our league form drips, drops down and we do finish 10th which I think is the lowest possible position we can um, finish would you take that if we won the Scottish Cup I'd take fucking getting relegated if it meant me won the Scottish Cup. Yep, that's the big yeah. one. That's 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 the one that everybody wants to win. As good as winning the League Cup was in 2013, mm-hmm. so obviously like a massive. Yeah, but you I everybody did. Need Dave really dreams about winning the League Cup. Everybody dreams about winning the Scottish. It's not saying it's that the League Cups are lesser charity tournament. Like it just everybody wants to win the Scottish Cup. Scottish Cup's one that you win, you get into Europe. I'd take a finishing 10th if it meant Hamilton went down. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, generally, I generally think we are in, a, in for a shout for a good cup run. I think like this, the slight disappointment, of, we've, we've had a decent cup run with the, the League Cup, we made the semi-final. Um, obviously with that kind of finished disappointing, then we fin- had a slightly dis- disappointing finish to the League, obviously. We've still got the League to go and we can still finish 7th, which is still a massive improvement of where we have been in recent years. But I generally think we might get a, a decent Scottish Cup run. Especially what is it? Inverness and then mm-hmm. either Kilmarnock or Montrose if yeah. we get past them. Yeah. So Montrose. It's someone written all over it, but doesn't it? I know. What will happen is we'll, we'll, we'll beat, <laughs> we'll beat uh, Inverness on penalties. And then we will um, get Kilmarnock and kill Lafferty old fuckers or something. That's what will wind up happening. <laughs> Or yeah. they will, we'll get Montrose and Montrose will fucking do something. Anyway. I know the cliches there about, um, you know, you need to beat everyone to win the cup and mm-hmm. whatever, blah, blah, blah. There's no easy draws, but with your kind of sensible hat on, to have a cup run, you do need a bit of yeah. a bit of fortune in the way you go. You, you absolutely want the old firms <laughs> on against each other in an early round. Yeah, that, that's worked out. <laughs> taking, really well. 
taking one of them out. You want to get a, a team in the lower division to give you a chance of getting into the quarterfinals. And if you do get to the quarterfinals, you want a chance at playing a team who are closer to the bottom of their table than, than they are to the top. Like It could not have been planned out for us. You know, short of, of drawn Brora Rangers, then and we couldn't I, really... I genuinely think the way the Scottish football season has been that Celtic will win that tie and then they will get put out in the next round by whoever they've got. That'd be delicious, yeah. wouldn't it? It would be. Teams must be rubbing their hands when they seen they two get drawn together. Mm. Whoever done the draw will never get asked back to it do that the, again. For the the, two teams the TikToker that does the sea shanties, the, the post. You know, he's been a massive Rangers fan as well. Is he? I have no idea. I, if he is, fuck him. I know. I, he, he, I did see it, and he had a little wee cheeky smile when he poked it out, and he was like, "Oh." He is taking these fifteen minutes of fame and running with. He's fucking doing well for himself. Fair play. Mm. Make money out of I would. TikTok. <laughs> anyway, uh, we will be back after this. Hello, I'm Stephen Thompson, and you're listening to the Misery Hunters podcast. And we're back. <laughs> uh, we are talking about the contract situation. We have a, a few players whose contracts are up at the end of the season, and we're going to go through them and who we'd like to keep and who we would probably say goodbye to. Um, I'm just pulling it up on my phone. We do send some of them out of shite. There we go. Um, first one we'll talk about, and it is a big one. It's everybody's favourite injured anti-vaxxer, Colin Quainer. I didn't even like Colin. I just assumed he was gone. Ah, yeah, fuck him. Let, get him go. <laughs> Aye, that's a quick one. Fuck. Get, uh, get him thanks away. For, thanks for absolutely nothing. Apart from it diving for a penalty. Yeah, well, I, I mean, did. John's sitting the way down to see Ian Brown. <laughs> have a big chat about how the government's trying to put microchips on our big toes get to David Ick chairing the meeting uh, it's him that believes in lizards isn't it aye <laughs> fucking hell we sure do find them but thanks Colin for the penalty aye uh, the next player worth talking about we'll, we'll actually probably have a good chat about Ryan Flynn it is an interesting one and I don't know where to sit on it uh, I'll go first I sat there obviously we sent the last and I kind of I sat and I thought kind of long and hard about it but you know he's 32 he's he's not obviously not getting any younger the injury he got was pretty severe there's you know kind of chance when something like that happens at that age that it could occur again mm-hmm. I like him and I do think when he's played this year he has contributed pretty well but I'd imagine he's on probably on a decent wage maybe we, he obviously got an extension last year so I'd imagine they maybe bumped him up wage you know Goodman did seem as a pretty important part of the team before the injury I'd maybe maybe get rid but only if we can get somebody better and you know he's, he's versatility he's massive you know you've got a guy who can play you know right back he came on on Saturday you know sort of right wing back he's got the the injury for it for playing a, you know a multitude of positions so uh, if we can get someone who can offer the same sort of stuff, then yeah, get rid of him. But other than that, I wouldn't mind seeing him stick around for another year. I wouldn't mind giving him an extra year as well. I think, just like you say, for the versatility, it's worth keeping around. Um, if he plays like he did when he um, played against Dundee United a few weeks back, if he's that player, then he's absolutely worth keeping around. And I think it's probably important to remember as well, like, ah, he's 32, but for the experience, because we've got quite a young midfield to have that kind of guy around even just in the squad would be valuable but it totally depends because if he is one of the, the higher earners then would he take less for a year extension I don't know but I wouldn't be gutted to see him go but I'd, I'd give him an extension if mm-hmm. if it could work out for both parties I would um, I would be gutted to see him go and I, I think assuming that there's a contract that can be offered that he would accept that makes sense for us in his kind of genuine position now in our squad. I think we should be doing everything we can to keep someone like that around the squad. He's, I think your point there is dead on, Craig. He's, he's a, an experienced head and a, a fairly young, particularly midfield. If you look at Erehon, um, you potentially get Dylan Mead playing playing more games next season. You've got Cammy's by no means a an old experienced player. I think sometimes McGregor gets lumped in as a, a young player, even though he's, what, 20 23, 24 now. Mm-hmm. You want a guy who's been been around you, the level that Flynn's played and trained at before. Um, 
that I, I just don't know that there's anyone else that offers not just the quality that he has, but the experience that he brings. He's, he's a long-serving player at this point as well. I think you're, you're talking about four, mm-hmm. four seasons in before we get promoted. I think someone who was around and properly involved for that's a good thing. The last time we had a bit of genuine success as well as his his graft more so than anyone else in the team when we stayed mm-hmm. up under Kearney was a was an absolute shining light and I, I don't think you're ever that far away from needing someone with that kind of grit to, to pull you out of something and I just think having Ryan Flynn about the place is much better than not having him about the place so unless he's demanding what he sees as his last you know, big in, in certain terms contract and he thinks he can get more out of you know whichever one of County or Hamilton or or Motherwell or whoever stays up, if he thinks he can get a, a kind of bumper first team deal out of them, then all power to him, you know, yeah. won't hold it against them. But if we can mm-hmm. keep him for a competitive wage, then I think we're a much richer squad for having having him in it, for sure. Yeah, I, I think I agree with everything that you've all said. Like, we we did think mid-season that when he when he was reported back training, we, he was making appearances on the bench, but he wasn't coming off the bench at all. We all kind of thought that maybe uh, he's he's not quite there and he's probably done. And then he had that fan, absolutely fantastic game against Dundee United. And we thought, God, Ryan Flynn's still there. And uh, we've seen him come off the bench um, here and there. I don't think if, he, if he's wanting a first-team wage, then I, I probably wouldn't say it's a viable deal for us to go. Like, there's there'll, there'll be plenty of players, it, like, if you're looking for an experienced head to have around the place you'll probably pick up a midfielder who is on his way out his career but still has a wee bit about him that will be a bit cheaper but if he's if again I'd, I'd like to see him stay but if he's wanting a first team wage or if he's wanting um, maybe more experience as you said a Ross County or whatever like where he's getting more first team games then yeah fair play to him but I, I would like to see him stay mm-hmm. um, I think it's a question of balance like if you look at our like forward opposition, I know it's been a kind of crazy year injuries and stuff, but we're currently playing what you've got to assume are first team wages for Obika, Quena, um, Erwin, Dennis and Brophy. Mm-hmm. And Brophy won't be on, on nothing. Now, there, there's no way that we're carrying five um, first team wage strikers next year. Yeah. You've got to, I mean, Quena's gone. You've got to assume um, you know, probably that, that one of Obika or Erwin will go um, you know, Abika would require an extension and Aaron would require finding someone yeah. that well, take him um, to get him off the wage bill, but there's no way we're going with the same. Yeah. If, if that, I would say that that extra option there is best spent keeping someone like Ryan Flynn around and mm-hmm. giving you a bit of a bit of an option there um, mm-hmm. to, to keep him in, in midfield, because I think it does save us. I know we've got Tate and Fraser who can both play right back, but I don't think there's ever a a bad reason to have someone who can can fill in and mm-hmm. be trusted in that position more so than feeling like you're missing them somewhere else. But also late in games when maybe when heads are, are dropping a bit or it's not even a question of legs, it's a question of, you know, sometimes when maybe games are passing us by McPherson or Erehon or you know, if it's Reed that starts getting more games, that they're not gonna have ten out of tens every week and they're not gonna have ninety minutes in them every week. You know, they're they're young guys, they're gonna be inconsistent and I think having Someone you know who's not just dependable. I think having someone who's genuine at his best, you know, absolute like Premier League quality, if not kind of getting towards top six quality when he when he's at it. I think having that that you can trust to come in is just priceless. To be honest, mm-hmm. so I would I would be doing everything we can within reason to to keep him around. Yeah, and uh, you, you did touch on it there as well, um, John Abika his contract is up now for me again i understand i love obika the goalie again the goal against hearts the goals he had last season even like we saw him against hamilton and a few other games this season he does add a lot sometimes he can add a lot but it's very inconsistent i for me i think i think he's off and i'm not too upset about it i think he'll be going back down south i think he will free up a wage for someone else to come in I think we could bring in someone a bit better in, our, in the role that he plays. Um, I know I understand that we m- maybe tried to do that, and that's why Lee Irwin's here, um, and it, that could backfire. But I, I, I think we this will be the last time we'll see Obika in the Simon strip. 
that one hurts a wee bit. Uh, I've defended Big John, you know, plenty of times, probably at times when he's been a bit indefensible, he's done stuff, kind of stupid stuff, missed chances, etc. Not controlled the ball, but it's games like Saturday past there that kind of make you think hey, maybe if he could reduce the money he's on, then he's maybe worth keeping around. But I think it's the same. But oh, Ryan Flynn, he's maybe getting on a wee bit, and if he could get back down south and maybe get another, maybe get a two-year deal at a fucking Oxford or something like that. Well, they'll be able to offer a lot more money than that we can and it's probably better off for him. You know, he's gave us plenty of good moments. He's done probably more good than bad for us. But you could get better. It's I think you could get better probably maybe shopping about some of the release lists up here. Mm-hmm. Whether it be for the top division or the division mm-hmm. below. But uh, uh, he's sad but I wouldn't be too angry to see him go. I think Saturday did show the other side of his game where he, he didn't score, but he was involved in you know everything positive um, in terms of the goals. But I I'd, I'd keep him, but only really as an option if we're not looking for him to provide the goals because we know he's not going to put away the chances to get the goals at all. Um, it's a tricky one because you're kind of looking at him and Erwin as a package, and if you had to pick one out of the two to go, then we all know. Who would rather keep, and it's it's not going to be the Irvin, is it? No. no. Um, I yeah, it's like you say. Last season, you know, he's brilliant. He's his goals return, the goal against Hearts, and even this season at times he has popped up with. He's still got about eight goals this season. He's certainly not the worst striker we've ever had, but he's he's maybe he is just getting on a wee bit. And I maybe leave with my best wishes, but I think we can do better. Mm-hmm. I think we, we we are doing better with Dennis and and, and Thierry Brophy. Mm-hmm. I think they're both upgrades and show more where we want to be than than where we were when Obika joined. Um, I like him. I would rather Obika was in the squad than not in the squad. I, but I think his place in the squad is probably as third choice or, or fourth choice. He's, he's someone that you know that you'll get a, a turnout of. You'll you'll get a shift. He's capable of of, of something a bit special from from time to time and, and, and there's no issue at all in having someone like that as like your third choice striker um, you know particularly if you're, you're playing two it gives something a bit different but I, I think I'm, I'm probably in the same page as, as you guys if, if he's what 30 um, probably coming to that point where you're going to get one one more like two year or maybe even a three year deal you, which you want as a first team pick at a first team rate then he's he's not going. I wouldn't have thought he's going to get that here, and he'll, he'll probably have a he'll probably have a reasonable list of, of options. There's probably a couple of clubs up here who's he's 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 um he's had his way with it. That will maybe think he can do that here, or there's maybe a couple of teams down south, closer to home, where they'll take that chance. I I, I don't think that's us. So if he was willing to take, you know, a, a kind of relatively um low wage to create other space in the squad I, mean, I don't know what he's on now but mm-hmm. if he was willing to take the kind of wage that means that we can have another striker on the on the books alongside Dennis and Brophy who you've got to assume are kind of two number nines for for next year then then I you know I wouldn't be against him getting a contract at all I don't think it's wasted money but I think in, in reality he probably recognises that his if he wants to stay first choice and play 30 games or 35 games or whatever then it's probably not going to be in, in Paisley unfortunately and I'd imagine imagine he would go I generally think if Hamilton stay up he'd probably be the perfect type of striker for Hamilton uh, I, I yeah. was going to say I'd hate to see him land up at a Hamilton or somewhere like, it would be absolutely heartbreaking but you just know he would and you know he would score against us uh, yeah of course <laughs> Um. We'll move on from Obika. Another tough one. Ilke Dermis. Now, yeah. Ilke, over the season, we have seen he can be absolutely quality. Love is a step over. Maybe a little, far too much, where he'll do six step overs and then run into the defender. Um, he had some troubles at the start, which Jim Goodwin kind of pushed him out of the team. It came back in, which clearly shows his attitude slightly changed a bit. And Goodwin's probably got the better out of him for that. But he seems like a player, like I've heard that his English still isn't very good. And that's him being here for, what, two years? It seems like maybe his interest isn't to stay in Scotland, that he'd probably go back to like 
if he goes back into the Turkish league, like I know he was um, in the Austrian leagues for a bit, but if he goes to like a Turkish league team, he'll probably earn the same amount, like a lower end Turkish league, he'll probably earn the same amount or a, even a little bit more at St. Mern, that he's got at St. Mern. I think this one will probably be down to him. I think he's a player that would be good to keep. Like he, he can be an absolute handful, but I think as soon as a defender kind of like, as soon as the other team kind of clicks on at what he's doing and they make the change, it usually nullifies him out of the match. We've seen that happen many times where he's absolutely ripped apart um, someone's right back or um, in the first half and then you've not, like they've made the change and he's not had the same impact in the second half. So I'd, it's a tough one of whether, like I'd be happy if he stayed, but I generally don't think he will stay. I think he will be away. I'd love to keep him because obviously the inconsistency stuff, I uh, fair enough, but you know, name a winger in the world, yeah, maybe Bar, Messi, etc. Players of that calibre that are the inconsistent. It's just, I think he's added the element to his game where he's able to track back and he actually does a fair bit of a graft up on the left hand side. I'd be pretty sorry to see him go. I'd kind of be one of the ones I'd maybe try and see if he could offer a maybe two years to because mm-hmm. I, I do think we're a better team when he plays I, I think he's a handful for teams he's crossing it's been good he's laid on you know plenty of assists this season for players and he seems to kind of cause most of the defenders in the league a problem uh, eh, obviously the stuff he's attitude at the start of the season was the best but good he seems to have you know kind of had him basically ever present in the team since December, November December onwards and I had uh, I'd love to keep him I, I, same as you um, I think the point about wingers is good they are inconsistent that's just the life of a winger in it but what he brings to the team if you were to put him in any other team in the well, since we're in the bottom six I guess but in the bottom six would they improve would mm-hmm. they improve the team and I think he would um, I don't know about a two year deal I think I'd probably want to just offer him a one year extension but then maybe his situation would mean that he wouldn't accept that He'd be looking for a wee bit more, but no, I'd absolutely keep him around because um, he's he's one of the better kind of left-sided players we've had in the past few years, and I'd be I'd be quite sorry to see him go. Um, he'd be a real challenge. Sorry, Craig. no, then you go. No, I, was, I just I think he'd be a real challenge to the place. Mm-hmm. I think um, you, you do look around the the rest of the league, and uh, realistically, at our kind of level, I, I don't know who you bring in. That, that as Sam said would have the consistency that that justifies that being the reason that you bring someone else in I, I think the, the weekend is probably a perfect example of when he's on he's on and, and I don't think there's you know you're probably going back a wee while um, with us you know I, know I know you had Morgan but it was obviously a different kind of player but you don't get many players with that combination of, of flair and he's someone who does put in a shift even if he isn't the most defensively minded player, he's, he, he tracks back without questioning it and, and does what he can. Um, so I, I don't know who we would, if we let him go, you know, you'd like, I, I trust, I trust German, the transfer market. I think he's earned it. Um, but I, I think it would be a real challenge to bring someone in from, of a similar kind of level who would do that. I, I think Dermis's struggle at times for me comes from a lack of competition. When, when Dermis isn't on it, we had Brandon Mason playing left wing mm. in, in games this season as like our second choice left winger. It's it's similar with um with Connolly um in, in terms of having Kyle who I, I think now Jim and, and and maybe the kind of wider supporter except him probably isn't a wide player and and is at his best when he's allowed to kind of roam about in the middle of the park and he's not having to track back and mm-hmm. kind of conserve mm-hmm. his energy and his his ability to burst that way. Um, and I think that's why um. You know, the, the formation's changed to take out the the requirement for it um, more than once. I think if if we kept Dermis, I would hope that either someone maybe who's coming up through the the ranks or, or someone that we can bring in who's, who's maybe, you know, younger and happy to take a, a kind of backup slot would be a genuine attack-minded left-winger who, if, if Dermis isn't at it for two or three games in a row, he knows that there's someone who's realistically going to push and take his spot and and maybe hold them out if he can put a couple of performances together. So I, I think Dermis is, is, I realise that I sit on the fence quite a lot, but Dermis is someone who I would ideally like to keep, but I think that comes with a greater expectation on him to, to put in more performances like he's he's capable of. And I think there's probably more work to be done for our squad to to push him on to, to that level as well. Mm-hmm. 
No, that seems fair. And you men- mentioned uh, our other winger, uh, Dylan Connolly. Um, uh, do you know what? Um, when he's on it, again, it's, it's very similar to Dumbers. When he's on it, he's absolutely on it. He, he can be unplayable. Um, I'd like to maybe see him stay. If um, I'd, I'd like to see... Uh, like, obviously, it's with, with Jim Goodwin, you know he'll constantly pushing him to get, to make him better and obviously have a bit more consistency throughout his performances um, unlike Dermis, like I think the reason if we if Dermis isn't with us next season I think that'll be down to Dermis himself rather than us I think we'd obviously like to keep him but I think Dermis might want to move back into Europe back into the continent I think with Connolly I don't think the options would be quite there for him and I think I reckon We've got probably more chance of him staying than Dermis, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm happy for it as well. I think that Connolly can be a really good player. I, I'm happy to keep Connolly as well. I think the, I think the most important thing that Connolly's got over any player that we've had on the right hand side for a number of years is pace to burn. He's the fact, a hundred percent, one of the fastest players I've ever seen in my eyes. You know, the game I was lucky enough to get to, we played Kilmarnock. He had a couple of get subbed on fairly late but I have never in front of me seen a guy that quick uh, he's an absolute whippet and even if you were to bring in another winger if you can keep him in just to compete and you know rotate he's a good option like Dernus he's uh, kind of got the wee dirty side to his game he does a lot of tracking back he, he's got he can play him as a sort of wing back and I would love to see him stay you know good he can work his end product and hopefully you know, can I get him chipping on the goals and assists on a bit more on a consistent basis? But he's still young. I think he's only 24, 25. Plenty of time to improve and I had love to see him stay again. I would agree with most of that, but the one thing I would say about Connolly is he's off the boil a lot more than, than Dermis maybe is. Um, I think the games that he has kind of turned up in and put in a shift to the level that we, we maybe came to expect of him early in the season they've been kind of few and far between since about the turn of the year um, but I'm um, suffering around for mm-hmm. I said it before we said it with Dormis um, I'd keep him around because like you say he's, he's, he's no doubt about it I think he is the fastest player I've seen play for us I think um, I think Dormis is quite a clinical footballer I think if he gets that chance like you've seen him pop up on the edge of the box enough times and put one away or, or find the pass I think he's quite clinical so when he's off it I think he's still capable of a moment of of quality, whereas I think Connolly, just by the nature, he's I think he, it's a cliche, but he's a much rawer footballer than mm-hmm. than Dermis. It's you know his his greatest attribute is his pace, and his worst attribute is potentially his decision making. Mm-hmm. And if if he's not having a particularly good game, he might find thirty yards of space behind a fullback and get in. But if he's not on it, then that ball's going out for a goal kick or yeah. Or whatever, and I, th- I think he's 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 more prone to be noticeable if he's having a bad game than maybe someone like Dharma says who can maybe be a bit quieter. You can usually tell quite quickly when he's off it when he just has yeah. one of the games where you know two or three times in a row he'll knock the ball just too far ahead of him and it'll go out the park and you just know yeah. what kind of game it's going to be. Or you see yeah. him completely outrun the defender and then he delivers one of the worst balls into the box where no one can do anything with. Yeah. <laughs> I think, again, similar to what I said about Dermis, I think he's one that if he's up for staying, he's up for taking a contract that isn't above his station, then then I think he's someone that I would rather have in the squad next year because he, he's a bit of a batter in him at times that no one else really does. Like, um, was it Dundee United? Mm-hmm. Um, against early in the season where he was like, we were playing, at that point we were playing much more longer long balls than we are now, but balls were getting launched up over the, I think he did it against the Rangers in one of our games as well, where mm-hmm. he was like, tearing over the halfway line is the only man that far forward and absolutely throwing himself into Goldson or whoever else I think there's a I think there's a real place for that um, and I think he's, he's absolutely uh, sorry did they not send McGregor into a fitter age as well at one point right. <laughs> which is great that's enough reason for a contract alone but and just um, imagine the names Alan McGregor was calling Irish born Dylan <laughs> Connolly <laughs> I've got no idea what you're implying there so <laughs> Um, so I, I would keep him, but it has to be the right deal for us. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to get like a bumper first team deal anywhere else, or, or kind of above our level necessarily. And I, I think similar to Dumas, 
what we probably need to do if, if Connolly's getting another contract is have more competition mm-hmm. out wide for him so that if he is going through a spell where performances have dropped a bit, there's genuine competition that will keep him on his toes a bit more and, and push him. I think options out wide when we've played that kind of system this year have, have maybe been the, the biggest lack of balance in the in the squad. And then the next player, I'm pretty sure we're all aware that he's 100% not going to be with us next season, but he's worth talking about anyway, is Jake Doyle Hayes. Um, Aye. Yeah, I can't have a doubt. Mm-hmm. It's just, I know it's, like, probably maybe people will disagree, but I do think we should be doing everything we can to keep a player like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't care if he's one of the ones that'll end up being one of the higher earners, you'll make the money back. Mm-hmm. Give him a if he was to sign a three year deal and he goes away at the end of next season, then cool. If he can give us a another year, like he needs to play in the the right role. Yeah, I do think there's. I've not got a lot of time for when we play him just in front of the defence. I think he's a lot better as a box to box when you can kind of get him involved from taking the ball for deep running forward and then getting the ball in the areas and he can he can pick a pass. You know we've seen it mm-hmm. plenty of times. His passing's great. He's got. A, you see stuff that a lot of other players in the park don't and we should really be doing all we can to keep him I think we have done all we can to keep him I do get the feeling though that his agent is edging him towards a move back down south you know with the salary cap and League 1 and League 2 sort of disappearing it's uh, doesn't bode well for us but aye hopefully he stays I feel like the contract we're never probably going to withdraw it we'll always have it on the table for him this decision probably won't be made till the summer until he sees what other clubs are offering and what what's available so you never know these clubs from England might try and offer contracts and he's just you know what they're not that they don't they're not as good as what I thought they were going to be I'll just stay at St Mon because that's where like that's where he's getting more plaudits like more people are seeing how good a player he actually is when he's playing in the Scottish Premier League rather than League 1 or um, like high end League 2 uh, I, I think he'll end up staying if that's the case but it all really depends so um, but I'm going to say it's probably 99% it's not going to be with us next season, which is a shame. I think if, I think if it gets to that point, like, like you're saying here, Jeremy, I would rather that the contract was gone. Mm. I would rather that we were more proactive than that and that we'd taken the money that we're offering a guy like him who's come from a bit of pedigree and who, with the exception of maybe a brophy's got to be close to our top-paid yeah. player. Um, I, I would rather, if it's getting to that stage, that we'd cut our losses and, and moved on. To be honest, I would rather that we'd approached and secured guys yeah, I, I see a that. month yeah. before a month before then, um, who are bought in, who um are kind of I, I don't doubt his commitment, I don't think he's down tools at all. I think he's probably been his performances haven't been at the, the level that he, he sets himself, but um it's two different questions. In an ideal world I would absolutely keep him because I think he's as talented a, a midfielder as we've as we've had um for for you know, reasonably long term, he's such a sharp passer of the ball. Um, what you were saying there, Sam, I, I don't just think it's that he's comfortable taking the ball in a way that like a, you know, a McGinnis or a you know a Malin or whoever else always were. We're always happy to take the ball and and defend space. He combines that with like a really cool head and an ability to find not just a pass so that we keep possession, but a, a genuine forward pass through defenders, exposing space and weaknesses in other teams he's, he just seems a kind of higher level of, of football and I think that's why he came in and, and started as, as well as he, he did so if you're talking just about talent and everything else then I, I think you'd be crazy to not want Doyle Hayes mm-hmm. around the squad and, and in the first team next year but realistically I, I don't want us waiting until July until he finds out that Millwall are only going to pay him <laughs> X amount of money and he ends up staying with us for a I, I, I don't think that's helpful or healthy for, for anyone and I think there's I'm sure I made this point on a, a podcast months ago when the contract was first offered I'm sure there's two footballers that we could go out and spend the type of money we'd have to pay Doyle Hayes mm. I'm sure there's two footballers we can go out and get from you know that you know there was talk of us looking at you know Goodwin's out scouting at championship games the other week and I'm sure there's guys that we could get in to fill a gap in central midfield alongside it's not as if we've got a shortage of, of good, talented, technique-heavy footballers to take a spot there and money on another winger or money on a, a genuine backup at left-back or 
or another centre half, I think there's a case to be made that that money could be better spent elsewhere. So I think he's probably gone, and I don't actually think that's the worst thing in the world if that's the kind of level of commitment you're getting. Kind of fair, fair play to you. I mean, I mean, get the contract that your your agents probably told you is waiting for you somewhere else, and I'm sure you'll do well. But we, you know, need to move on. Yeah, I'd keep him, but I'd like and with you, Mark. I'd like to see the the contract kind of come off the table pretty soon if we don't kind of get an answer about it. No, no in any kind of negative or bad blood way, but just we need to be kind of moving on. You'd imagine maybe with the, you know, within the next few weeks, we're probably going to be a lot more certain of our kind of final league position. We might even have a, we touched on it earlier, a decent kind of cup run going, so we're going to have a little bit more money to kind of spend on a, a player of, you know, higher quality than we'd normally be able to approach. So you'd expect things to start kind of moving relatively soon. Either way, whether we get kind of win from Jake and his agent that he's not going to stay or if, if he's maybe looking like he will sign the contract which would be everyone's preference but I can't mm-hmm. disagree with you guys have said to be honest So much of our hit and miss when it comes to player recruitment has come from the time frame that we give ourselves mm-hmm. um, we don't know if we're going to stay up or not we don't know what, if that's going to mean ninth or if that's going to be um, you know in a playoff and you know, getting down to penalties and everything else and if, if that's the case then you can talk all you want about how they've been looking at targets for months and everything else but you're not making serious decisions that impact that take you right to the edges of your budget if you don't actually know so this is the first year in however many years where there's security you know right, even right. even if we do have a bad mm-hmm. um, and we've heard some rumours rumors about players that we've been looking at that we could possibly bring in next season. We'll not touch on them today. That'll be for another podcast. Um, yeah. But uh, one final player we need to talk about, someone who I, I generally think we should put out those stops to, to make sure that we do keep him, and that's Marcus Fraser. I think this is probably one of the best defences we've had in a long, long time. It's first defence in a long time as well, where I have absolutely no worries about, like, yeah, we have a slip up here and there, but, like, you only need to look at our defensive record to see... Like that's it's once in a blue moon, and it's not like season-defining mistakes that are being made. Like we have a really strong cohesive unit, and Marcus Fraser is part of that. And I'd happily, I really would like him to stay. Aye, there's yeah. not really much you can really say. The guy's just been no top notch since day one. He's, I think he's missed maybe one or two games at a push. That's it. And apart from he's been brilliant. He's just been one of the best signings that a team run about other level can make and he could easily go and play for any team like with the old firm no, absolutely zero doubt and I am with you mate I think we should should be busting out everything to get that two or three two or three years on the contract and uh, hopefully he sees his future here mm-hmm. comparable to Paul McGinn for, for my money like very very solid at the back absolutely someone you can trust and pushes forward with with um, you know, it offers a genuine threat, even if he's playing right of a back three or or wing back. If he's pushed forward, I, I would absolutely back him. Um, in that case, I, I, there's just not that much debate. As there, if we if we can keep him, then we should absolutely. That's crazy. When, when Paul McGinn left, we really thought, oh fuck, but like yeah. to, to replace him with Marcus Fraser. Who I think is probably twice the player Paul, Paul McGinn is. Like, no offense, yeah, absolutely but, a cut above, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Nah, what else can you say? You, you've kind of hit the nail on the head. Yeah, keep him absolutely. Give him a, a longer contract. Get him nailed down. He's been brilliant the whole season. We were talking um, in the the group chat earlier on today about who's everyone's going to shout for player of the year at this stage. And to, I think Kenny said it's definitely Fraser, but he was he was one that was up there and talked about as a at least an honourable mention. But you could say that about you know several players in the team this year. I don't think she's been your shite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> should it. get that in the tunnel above <laughs> instead of come on you saints just when the players are running out just it's good when you're not shite. Yeah. It's the perfect <laughs> motivational that, That's the thing. I always do the C4 the terrace on their Patreon. I always do like the kind of season review and one of the questions they ask me is usually ask us the three weakest links for um, the team and I, I generally will struggle this year. I have no idea who I would say the weakest links are. I, I like Lee Irwin, Junior Marais. <laughs> yeah, but Junior Marais. Uh, fuck off. <laughs> Sam Foley. But like, the players you can choose were gone. Like, you, you, 
Like it's it's going to be a difficult one, but like especially when it even comes to the, the top three players, like we've had such a, a really good season. It's a great group of players, and I really genuinely think we should appreciate. I I know how disappointing it was missing top six, but we should really should appreciate this team because we've probably not had one like it in a long time. And touch wood, we'll have one like this next season as well. We can only mm-hmm. get uh, I hope we keep most of this team together. I think this is probably the first time we've all been on the same page and said we keep yeah. every player apart from anti-vax nut job. <laughs> um, I, I'll give you a few players right now that have been the weak links, and I'm serious. Erwin, Marias, Bobby Zlam... Yeah, I can't even say his name. Bobby Zlamal. <laughs> okay. Wow, he was shy. Saved a penalty for Edward, though. So. That's true. Submitting legend in my eyes. <laughs> but yeah, um, any more for any more? Anyone in? What are you touching anything else? Gus McPherson, having him involved at the club at any level was a fucking weakness. There you go. That, that was a weakness. I, I definitely agree with that. Probably should have mentioned this before. It was good to see um, Jay Henderson get his debut at the weekend. Didn't um, Not on for, yep. for too long, but, but good to see someone mm-hmm. be trusted to, to take a step up and get on the pitch and I think I know we're not going too far down into the youth ranks and stuff, but I think his contract might be might be up in the summer. So at least he's he's getting the chance in and around the first team to show if he's he's worthy of a, a spot next year and hopefully he is. Yeah. But thank you for listening. Uh, our merch store is in the link. I'm not going to read it out because it's quite a long link, but it's in the description. Um, and as always, fuck Alex Ray. Fuck Brian Rice. Fuck Wan Kala. Oh, good part. That's a good one. Uh, I fuck Don Robertson again. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.